0: Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. (music) Jesus said, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, Amen. My friends, as we read our gospel reading for this morning, we quickly realized that this is not the, warm, not the warm and cuddly precious moments, Jesus, that some would have us embrace. God is love, they say. Jesus is love. And because our triune God is love, God, well, he would never hurt our sensitive little feelings by pointing out our sin or punishing us in the eternal fires of hell. At least that is how mankind chooses to understand God in these last days. That is actually the very kind of poison that gets sprayed out from too many pulpits in America, in American churches this day. You see, as we draw closer to the end of time, we have continued to remake and recast the Lord as a snuggly old grandpa who can't, well, who can't help but love us. An old softy who will ultimately forget about our sins and take us to heaven in the end, no matter what happens. But all of this, all of this is a lie, dreamed up, dreamed up by the devil to dismiss and try to allow us to justify our sinfulness. Now, please do not misunderstand me. God is love, no doubt about it. God is love. And his love, well, it is for us, it is perfect. And it is because of this perfect love that he has for us that he wants us to be with him for eternity. And at the same time, it is because of this perfect love that he has for you and for me that Jesus speaks such harsh words to us today in the Gospel reading. Words of warning, warning to us this morning. Love is patient and kind, but not at the expense of dismissing truth. Not at the expense of telling lies. Indeed, it is the Lord's heart of love speaking when we are warned these words Unless your righteousness, our righteousness, exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, well, we will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you listen and hear those words, well, they cut like a knife, they're hard to digest. Righteousness is being pointed out. It's saying that righteousness must be perfect. To be righteous is to be able to stand on your own two feet without any guilt, with a clear conscience, to have lived without ever violating God's law itself, upholding those Ten Commandments to perfection. And so, those are harsh words from Jesus. They're tough words to consider, especially when we're compared to the Pharisees and the scribes. For all appearances, these Pharisees and scribes, they were the most righteous bunch, no doubt about it. They prided themselves in being very meticulous in how they kept and obeyed God's law. At every point, all the Ten Commandments. But the truth is that even as perfect as they appeared, the Pharisees and the scribes, they still were not righteous in God's eye. The reason is that it was not God's law, it was not his Ten Commandments that they were trying to fulfill, but it was actually their man-made rules that they were trying to fulfill before God Almighty. You see, the Pharisees, they thought that they had found a surefire way to keep God's Ten Commandments. And so what they did is they took the Ten Commandments and they built off those Ten Commandments, 613 tiny little rules and regulations, that if they follow those 613 rules, well, they didn't have to sweat the the Big Ten Commandments themselves. It was these 613 rules that they had to live by and keep. And if they kept those meticulous little rules, well, they didn't have to, again, worry about the Big Ten Commandments. And they were the holiest a bunch. Now, we must not be too hard on those poor Pharisees. The reason being, we all have something of a Pharisee right here in our own hearts. You see, our sinful nature, our old Adam has a way of doing this as well. Our old Adam comes up with our own little rules and regulations that justify and legitimize our sinfulness, our pet sins usually. Because we are sinful and because of our old Adam, that old Adam that loves to sin and likes to make rules that skirt around what God actually says, well, we go down this very same path. And so if we can live within the bounds of our own little rules that we make up, then surely we think that God will have to be pleased with us in our effort and forget about our failures. Now, let's bring this to home. The last 10 years, we can see what this looks like within our culture itself. Look what's happening to marriage itself in our own country to see how we love to do this. Marriage between same-sex persons is not about, as much as they say, about tax benefits and health insurance. But instead, the issue of same-sex marriage it is about finding a way to legitimatize and justify sin it's about how we as a culture are trying to quiet a guilty conscience the thought is this is if the laws of the land are okay with a particular sin then we can be okay with a particular sin and then god will have to be okay with sin as well it's a way of trying to convince ourselves and potentially god that we're okay now the harsh truth is that we cannot live by our own rules our own regulations Or make up laws in our land so that we can keep them and then be considered holy before God Almighty. And to have a clean conscience. In fact, that would be making things worse. Because if you manage to keep your own rules, well, then you will proceed to judge other people by your own rules that you have made up. And then, before long, well, you end up as a smug, arrogant Pharisee. Before long, you are too self-righteous to stand with the other sinners and you are left alone with your smug attitude thinking that you are better than everybody else around you. And there is no one so alone as a Pharisee, indeed. There is no one so alone as a Pharisee. Now, dear friends, in the end, there's only one law by which we are judged. It's God's law. Not our little man-made rules, not the 612, excuse me, 613 rules that the Pharisees made. There's one law, his Ten Commandments that we've heard about in the Old Testament reading from this morning. And there's only one judgment of that perfect law, and that one judgment for us, and that is this, that we're guilty, that we've all sinned and fallen short of those great Ten Commandments, that perfect love for God and that perfect love for our neighbor, we have fallen short. And frankly, stated the penalty for our sin, breaking that perfect Ten Law, those Ten Laws, that perfect Ten Commandments, Well, it's a death sentence to hell itself. Hard to hear, but true. What this means is if you want to be righteous in God's sight and enter the kingdom of heaven, then do not try to do it by hiding behind little man-made rules and meticulous little laws that we've created by our own imagination. But stand before those Ten Commandments. Yes, stand by those Ten Commandments. But at the same time, do not believe the myth that you can somehow obtain righteousness in god's law by somehow keeping those ten commandments either because this law is perfect because those ten commandments are perfect love for god and for neighbor it is impossible for you and me to keep and obey them perfectly god's law is good as we know and we while well, we are sinful we see that and we see that in our actions our attitude and so forth that we cannot follow god's law constantly without error we confess it every sunday i a poor miserable sinner you see trying to live and be holy by god's law means that if you ever forget or neglect to read your bible well bluntly stated this is hard to say the wages of that sin is death itself hell tough to say but regardless we need to hear it. if you ever look at someone who is not your spouse with an eye towards using their body in a sexual way or simply longing for them instead of the one that god has given you in your marriage well then the fires of hell are prepared by the devil for you hard to hear but needed to be heard i know this is harsh but it is true we can go through all ten commandments and the wages of sin is death the wages of our sin is hell itself the law is absolute. It's unbending. It's uncompromising. The law does not allow for loopholes. As many rules as that we create, it does not allow for loopholes. It leaves us condemned with our mouths shut looking face forward at death itself. But the eternity of hell is not where you belong. And it is not where God desires for you and me to be. That is why Jesus speaks such harsh words. He speaks harsh words for us today and for all people. He warns you and me because of his love. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of what you see in the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So that brings up the question Then how do we find a righteousness that exceeds that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? How do we accomplish something greater than what they had accomplished? Where do we look for that exceeding righteousness? Where do we look when we fall flat on our face in failure before God's perfect and holy and good law? We look to the one. It's the gospel, my friends. We look to the one who speaks the warning of love, Jesus himself. You see, he is the only one who kept the law in every way, in every way before God Almighty so we look then to the one who said he has come not to abolish the law but to fulfill the law for you and for me you see the righteousness and holiness of jesus are yours he accomplished it for you and he gives it to you and you receive it by faith he gave it to you freely as a gift in your baptisms in your baptism he clothed you in righteousness so that you too are righteous before your Father in heaven. Not because of how well you kept the law, but because of how well Jesus kept it in your stead. Jesus' righteousness covers you. By faith in Christ, your righteousness far exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, because Jesus exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees. And by faith in Christ, we sinners will enter the kingdom of heaven because Jesus, while he is holy, and he makes you holy. That is the promise that he seals today with his own body and blood. Here is where he continues to shower you with this righteousness. In fact, think about it this morning. As we confess our sins from the floor, we confess that we're poor, miserable sinners. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he tucks you back into this font. As the pastor, the servant, places his hand on the font, and he declares and pours into your ears in the stead and by the command of My Savior, Jesus Christ, your Savior, Jesus Christ, you are forgiven of all of your sins, plunging you back into that water where you are marked and claimed as the redeemed. Indeed, he showers you with forgiveness, life, and salvation. And furthermore, he invites you this day to the table in repentance over your self-righteousness and sin to yet again receive the gifts of righteousness which he died and rose again to make yours. Here are the salvation and grace at this altar for you, not because you and I deserve it, but because He is love and He desires to give you good things so that you may be in His kingdom forever. Righteousness is not found here, not found in us. It's found in the Christ who gives you righteousness as a gift. And we, blessed baptized saints, we hide ourselves in the righteousness of Jesus, tucked into our baptisms, receiving righteousness in this altar, and rejoicing all along that hell, not hell, but heaven is yours because of Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word speaks us righteous right with thine own holiness thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon you can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsmynot.org. the Lord bless and keep you, keep you.